0: Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, thanks for listening. I have the Mark Burley, Executive Director of the Downtown Kelowna Association. Welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you. Nice to be back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, you're you're on tight rotation on the show. And there's a reason for that, ex radio guy. Okay. Oh, that's
1: hence the tight rotation. Yeah, tight,
0: tight rotation. And you have an opinion on just about everything, which is kind of nice. You're well read. So that that's also good. Uh, still trying to figure out your taste in music, but we're getting there. So you're a vinyl guy, which yeah. is also a big thing, okay? Yeah. Big thing yeah. and, and the fact that you're kind of part of the heartbeat of, of Kelowna with uh, that really, really big downtown, and we've had some immense things happen downtown, so that was part of the reason why I thought, you know what, let's get uh, Mark back in the chair. So anyway, today, before we get into all that stuff, I want to talk about who you were before and then we're going to talk about the new role of course with that you've been in there for a couple of years now but has it been still is there still a lot of shifting because you were a program director of a radio station for a really long time yeah. and then you you found yourself in this role executive director are there is there any kind of moving parts that are the same you're managing people mm-hmm. you're managing a lot of different masters it seems is that about the only? Uh, symmetry when it comes to those two roles or is there is there more alike than I than I can see
1: well I think the other similarity is both in radio and in the job I'm in now you're working with a myriad of different personalities and people so not only like to be in radio you you were there too you you have to have a little bit more of an outgoing personality you're probably a little bit more type a Um, if you're creative that means you never get anything done if you're not creative that you're the one who gets it done Um, that's the same anywhere really but it's relationship building and that's a lot of what my position is now is building relationships with different people in different parts of the city so that the we can you know the everything gets done. And it's also the relationships are important from a standpoint to be able to pick up a phone and call somebody and they know who you are mm-hmm. and they'll take your call and maybe a concern or an actionable item can maybe be moved up the list a little bit quicker.
0: That's true though, isn't it? Like the relationships that you create are the ones that you're gonna rely on because I think with your role especially, man, you you have a lot of different places that there's overlap between city hall, RCMP. I mean, the list goes on as far as all those people um, with with ties to downtown mm-hmm. and and you got to be able to call them.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know that includes people who work within you know the workings at city hall and within the city government. It's also, you know, councilors, the mayor, it's also the RCMP, our businesses downtown, our customers downtown, the ones who are there more regularly. Uh, getting to know them and being able to just stop along the sidewalk and have a conversation about something it is. Is really important. What I find different uh, about radio, the radio compared to what I do now, is there's all these moving parts now of all these different people, whereas it was a, a smaller circle within radio. But not only did you have to manage your people that are working with you is how I always like to believe people work with me, not for me, but also to manage upwards. Mm-hmm. And So when you're with a big corporation like I was at the end of my career, that's really tough because you're always learning the new corporate dance, so to speak, and what you have to do to get something done, which gets more and more frustrating the bigger the company is that you work for. With the Downtown Cologne Association, it's more like a smaller radio station like I started at way back, in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years back,
0: anyway. Yeah, a few years. But no, there, it's true, though, you do have to manage up as well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that well, then, well, of course, bad things happen. But uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it was my good friend now, Don Schaefer, who I'd worked for in Ontario, in Sudbury, Ontario, where I was in four and a half years of exile. That's what I consider my. stint there. It's Northern Ontario. It's cold. Siberia. Yeah. It's kind of rough. Um, you know, the big nickels there and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, called me up just out of the blue and asked me about coming to Kelowna and three months later I was here. And, uh, Don was a great mentor. He was a great manager. You could have an argument with him or a disagreement about something that had to do with the morning show or something on air, but and he'd be like really ticked off at you, but he'd turn around and tell everybody around you that you were the greatest program director in the history of radio. He always had your back. So that's what made that job great. And I was there 12 years, and it really, we had a great run there. We had a lot of great personalities through the doors of Sun FM over that time and Easy Rock, and uh, developed AM 1150 from a two-hour talk show in the morning with all these the rest of the day around it into a full-fledged talk station at its peak
0: okay so we have some excitement to meet me on bernard with my circle of friends uh, most have been downtown walked around friends from alberta saskatchewan came down lots of people have come downtown uh art is there any kind of measurement you can use to kind of see are we are we tracking higher than last year are we are we slower than last year like what what kind of metrics are you do you have at the event?
1: Well, in uh, years past, we were able to do uh, people counts at the corner of Bernard and Mill, which really is kind of misleading because the lakefront's always busy, and that's pretty much the lakefront there and then they put other people meters in further up Bernard last year the person who ran those meters for us is off right now so hopefully I will be able to get some metrics from him uh, once he comes back at the end of the month but um, generally I would agree with you and your friends it feels a lot busier um, especially you know that uh, Wednesday to Saturday um, period. It's really busy. It's a lot busier later in the day this year than it was last year, which is really interesting. But then again, we have a lot of different things going on. But what I've really noticed is the feel off of Bernard. Like uh, Janet and I were down on the weekend, both days, and. Finding a place to park on Ellis was a little bit tough this year compared to years past. The amount of people walking up and down the sidewalks on Ellis, Lawrence, Leon, I ended up going back to Chapman, which is where I park, and we had to do the big walk, which is fine. But it was just to get that feel. I mean, that's what I do, so I wanted to, you know, go somewhere and say, okay, what's it feeling like over here? Maybe there's something we can do to attract people over there. And uh, I think this year, more than ever, we have a lot of traffic off of Bernard that's like people are bleeding off of Bernard. Maybe it's because there's no rules anymore, you know, no pandemic, and there's nobody in Victoria telling us that we can't breathe this way or only that way.
0: So I think part of the reason why a lot of people are heading downtown is the cabin fever a little bit. It's been a wet, colder Spring, I keep telling people fire suppression is here. Uh, get You know, yeah. it, it felt like the Brazilian rainforest there for a little while. But I think the biggest thing is uh, people want to get out. They want to experience downtown. It's got a great vibe this year. Um, tell me about, now Now again, this, this might be old news, but City Park has gone through a lot of different changes, it feels like. There seems to be a lot of different things that are now unveiled. As far as City Park is concerned, and I was blown away with the amount of people crammed into City Park. Uh, of course, going down at Snowbirds, that's yeah. what you're going to get. But, but it feels like there's a whole bunch of different investment that's occurred over City Park in the last few years.
1: Yeah, it does look great. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of comments from. My friends who've been down there about how much more room there is yes. for bikes and you know people walking and strollers and all those things that go into having a family-oriented city park like we have. Uh, so yeah, kudos to the city for putting that together and investing in it because you know <laughs> Hot Sands Beach is. Hot Sands Beach, it's a big attraction for everybody. And then that gets people out onto the the promenade and get them walking along in front of, you know, Stewart Park and the Yacht Club and making that trip all the way down to the marsh there. It's uh, absolutely a wonderful waterfront for people to visit. And that's contributing to the traffic that's downtown on Bernard and elsewhere.
0: So we we do have a bit of a counter now. Are you chatting with uh, Tourism Kelowna when it comes to people visiting the visitor center? Because I heard the numbers were astronomical. They're over
1: the top. Astronomical,
0: yeah, yep. like there was there was a comparison made between the old tourism uh, you know, place that was right on the on right off Harvey <laughs>
1: where the Chamber of Commerce is now yeah. and
0: and and towards this one where a lot of people say you can't park your RV so no one will see it. It'll be it's really prime real estate, and we shouldn't have it there. Well, now those people are eating crow because the the tourism numbers coming through the tourism center are ridiculous.
1: Well, there is a saying that the loudest in the room sometimes when they say it'll never work usually means it's going to. Um, you know, uh, the the Tourism Kelowna building is achieving exactly I think what our city as a whole wants to do, and that's to get people out of vehicles to get them onto bikes or just for that matter onto their own two feet moving around because it is a lot more healthy way to live than driving everywhere. Uh, That's one of the things I love about my job is I walk everywhere downtown and that's good for me. I'm an old guy, so you know, that's good. But the tourism center by the way, has been now approved for their concrete area outside to be a patio, so they're going to be able to fence that and put some tables and chairs where people can sit. So it, their metrics are unbelievable, and they're the same as the rest of us. It's hard to hire people to staff it and volunteer. For some reason, we don't know where everybody's gone, but it's tough for them as well. And they're big partners of ours along with the city for you know promoting and marketing Meet Me on Bernard.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it, it seems like uh, when, of course, during Snowbirds went down there and it, it was just uh, I'm so happy they have bathrooms in that in that center mm-hmm. because there's, uh, you know, there was so many people and and everything was backlogged. So
1: I think a really good addition down there, too, is the galley at the Yacht Club where they repurposed what was an old uh, what was a small boardroom. Uh, into an area to go in where you can get a sandwich or you can get a croissant or a wrap or something and that's open to the public it's not just members so you can sit along there I have a friend who that's where he watched the snowbirds from with his wife and daughter I think that's Really neat that the Yacht Club's done that. Probably a great revenue stream for them as well. But the members can do that too, grab something and take it back to their boat. So I think it really adds a nice little thing along with tourism, Kelowna along the waterfront. Where else should it be, really? It's Kelowna. Okay,
0: so I want. I was on the top of the Innovation Center looking down and looking at the, the Doyle Avenue where the, the old police department used to be. And there was, there was talk, and I, I know it's died off since then, of building, you know, a, we're in a pivotal time where we could build a convention area, I guess one could say, where we have uh, multi-seating and there's a breezeway and, you know, there was a lot of different plans put forward. Is that, I, I mean, I know the land has been sold off, but were you ever an advocate of, of a big convention center for Kelowna? Would that help downtown?
1: You know, there were uh, when I first started in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Uh, there were some discussions uh, and people investigating that, but that kind of fell by the wayside. So, you know, the way I look at it is, I'm, for example, I'm really excited about UBCO. You know, the the amount of you know towers and high rises that we have going in is inevitable. It's going to happen, but it also puts more people in downtown Kelowna, which Downtown Kelowna Association is responsible for promoting and marketing downtown Kelowna. So all those people who are living in those buildings contribute to the revenue streams in the restaurants and employees, if you think about it, uh, are going to help those businesses out. Uh, Convention centers, you know, post-pandemic, who knows? A bunch of the conferences I used to go to, they don't exist anymore. Uh, One that came back, just came back this year was the BIABC annual conference. It was extremely small, so I don't know as if there's a place for a big conference center anymore.
0: That's a good point, though, because you know when i've when I've talked to different people about it, they want not a massive convention center. Like I'm, I, I'm not sure about Delta, but I'm sure it's like. 500 maybe?
1: Yeah, the Delta is about the biggest one. Yeah. yeah.
0: So then if you go from 500 to maybe 1,500, what does that look like? And where would they, where are those people go? it has to almost be downtown.
1: You also have to think of when those conferences aren't happening, what's that facility being used for? So then it has to be a multi-purpose one, I would think. You know, I'm good either way right now because I'm more worried about our businesses and them coming out of the last two years. But You know, there's lots of ample opportunity for that kind of facility to be built in the city. I don't, as much as I would love to have it downtown, I think more on the edge of downtown would be the better spot for it. But that's just me thinking out loud. I really don't have, you know, a position as the executive director on whether or not one should be built. Love to see it when it comes. Would also love to see you know, the Kelowna Community Theater be redone into something more modern. Maybe that's the opportunity there. I don't know.
0: So let's talk a bit about the uh, the UBCO campus. That is, uh, I mean, what, what is the timeline? A lot of people ask me that. I, I have no idea. Like, is there a timeline to be finished, finished?
1: That I don't know. Uh, I do know that the next step has been taken to get the land ready, and that was the old Courier building, which is where it is, uh, was a temporary uh, shelter building. Right. Uh, it was closed at the end of June. So that means they're getting ready to do their demolition, to do their soil samples, all that kind of thing. These things take three to five years to build like, Brooklyn was how long? How, Ella. They started that in the summer of 2018, and it wasn't populated until 2020, uh, 2021, sorry. Right. So, yeah. So, it takes a long
0: time. Yeah, actually. it does. But it, th- you're right, though. That um, that lift for downtown is going to be... It, it's going to add a lot. It's kind of like Tolco if they ever figure out what, what that land is going to look like, because that's going to feed into downtown, too. Oh, for sure.
1: For sure. That's a... Like, you know, I know that a lot of the city people that are in media all the time say this is one opportunity we're going to get in 100 years on the waterfront, and I think they're right. But the great thing, I think, is that Tolko family is involved and leading the way, and they know what they want out of that land, and I know it isn't to stack it full of houses.
0: Let's chat a bit about you, You, of course, uh, and the reason why you're in tight rotation on the show— is is the fact that you get a ton of feedback from businesses in up and down downtown whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things is they probably tell you some tips and tricks and strategies for how they've attracted talent or how, you know, they're able to keep the wheels on the bus. But is that is that still like cuz we're we're in summer and and there's a lot of people needed, is this still a time where we're getting a lot of people are just have the help wanted signs oh, yeah. out front?
1: I just went through a big recruiting thing myself uh, for our on-street services team and a marketing person. And I was actually shocked at the lack of reaction now compared to a year and a half ago when I was hiring a marketing person. Mm-hmm. Like the interest in the position is com- was completely dampered compared to before it was maybe half the applicants and some of the more qualified ones want more than they've ever wanted and i think that's a sign of there are a lot of jobs so the people who are getting hired are kind of in the driver's seat it's kind of like in a hot real estate market it's the seller who has all the power right so it it's it's tough and you know what so the businesses downtown, we're all going through the same thing. You can walk down any street and you'll see a we're hiring sign or something similar in the window. We have restaurants that don't open till 4 p.m. because they just can't staff a lunchtime, you know, early in the week. Uh, so they have to make choices. So they maybe have to open later Maybe stay open later too because they the staff's available for that. So yeah, it's it's tough hiring out there, and I know I'm preaching to the converted. Anybody who's listening to this who's tried to hire right now knows exactly what we're going through.
0: I always, uh, whenever I see a sign that says hiring all positions, you know that <laughs> that, that that to me is just a telltale.
1: Yeah. Of oh, what's, yeah. What's going on with that. And it's costing us more. Because just to get people in the door, you got to offer more money per hour or salary range just to get them in the door for the interview. Let alone hire them.
0: Let's talk a little bit about politics here, because uh, we oh, had we nothing. Uh, you, you, uh, but Ryan Don said, you know, I'm not going to run for council again, yeah. and uh, you know, I've I've had a few uh, potential candidates on the show, um, but to you. It, and, and this is one of the tough parts, you know, um, obviously you have downtown is, is your job and you're always looking to foster that downtown vibe and, and, and to have a council that supports it, of course. Is there, do you think there's going to be like a social media pushing a lot of good people out of those chairs for candidates that should be running?
1: Uh, great question. Really, it is. I mean, social media can be brutal. It really can. Um, you know, I, I've i seen some of the social media over the course of my tenure at the DKA. It's all surrounded around homelessness and drug addiction and that, and the assumption that it begins and ends with the city government, and that because it's not working out the way everybody wants it to, or that specific person wants it to, that it's city council's fault or the city government's fault or like we're human beings and we're always looking for blame a a place to blame uh put it or place it uh we went through that in the pandemic didn't we? we we're all wondering you know well this is her fault his fault their fault whatever and that's the same with issues that affect any city that aren't positive so you know yeah we have traffic jams in the city on Harvey. Harvey is not the responsibility of the city, but the streets that cross it are. So it's got to be a tough spot to be in. Uh, the HOV lane, I remember that. I mean, that became a political potato two elections. Grenade, ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, would should it be on the right side or left side? I mean, you know, it, when it's all said and done, who cares? Because if you want to be in the HOV lane, you're going to drive in it. So I just think that social media... Uh, the unkind social media is what could be what pushes some people out of the option of running for city council. And those are usually probably good people who are sitting there watching what at sometimes Ryan Don or Colin Bazarin or, you know, whoever have gone through uh, on social media said, Yeah, I don't want that. And you know what? I would be one of those people. I wouldn't well, do it.
0: Well, if you're in the private sector, would you know, Pretty much under the veil of darkness, like in private, you don't really have to, you know, a lot of your actions are kept behind closed doors. So now you go all of a sudden go into a public office where everything is scrutinized. Now, when you look at the two worlds and okay, on this side of things, yeah, there's probably more profile, but then it, it falls off right after that. Like mm-hmm. the decisions you make, half, half of the people are not going to like them, half will. Probably in most, in most cases in the private sector, I'll make more money. I'll have less people staring at me and, and, and potentially even going after some of my kids or family. Like it's really terrible right now that we have, you know, there's probably going to be some talent that get left behind because people don't want to put their hat in the ring.
1: Yeah. And it's. We've, you know, we've seen it all go, the opinions and the nastiness that go on there, and you read them, and it comes from a place of, quite frankly, ignorance. Mm-hmm. And people just don't understand. The people who make those comments don't take the time to figure out how it works. A city councilor, that's not their job, their only job. That's not their full-time job. It's a part-time job. The only full-time member of city council is the mayor. So we've got all these councilors. Who don't even make 50 grand a year, who are stopped in the streets, who are beat up on social media. If you're a city councilor, would you live in a multi unit condominium complex and try to get out the front door just on your way to your real job? So, you know, because everybody has an opinion, good or bad. So it's city councilors, it's a part time job, yet, like, a day like this Monday at city council where it's reviewing all the bylaw changes, <laughs> what do you think they've been doing all weekend?
0: Well, and, and, and I talked to Ryan Don last night and he says, yeah, uh, nine to five today is, is what his shift was for council. Yeah. Like how, how are you going to hold down a job, another job when you have that kind of responsibility?
1: To have a great employer, a really understanding one, or be self-employed and be able to have great people behind you, you know, you know, to hold your pants up for you. But yeah, Mondays are nine to five for counselors, if not nine to seven if it's a long day, you know. And that is they have their one in camera meeting in the morning, then they have the public one in the afternoon, and then Tuesday public hearing. That's not during the day; that's in the evening. So, using Ryan as an example, I mean, he has a family, he has the horses. You know, his daughter's an excellent musician and singer, probably love to have more time spending with her because that's his background. So, you know, it's sometimes you got to weigh what you want and what you don't want. And sometimes having a little bit more common life, like you say, living over there in the dark's a better place to be.
0: Yeah. And and if I have a counselor's cell phone number and I don't like something that went down, I'm calling him that night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. I would never do that. You know, I would not do that, but I know what you mean. They go through that for sure.
0: So speaking of that, so you have a full time job, obviously visible, high profile executive director. Do do you, does your phone and email go ringy ding, twenty four seven, or have you somehow got a handle on that?
1: I was that way when I first came to Kelowna. I arrived here. Um, uh, the Saturday before the Super Bowl in 2005, went to work the first Monday, wasn't even in the door an hour when uh, Troy came in, our IT guy, and slapped down a brand a new laptop for me, which was pretty cool, and this thing called a BlackBerry. And that ended up ruling my life for the next, I don't know how many years. Uh, Don was a great big user of it. He used to like poking at you using the uh blackberry which in hindsight was actually very endearing quality of his because i've called him on it a few times but uh yeah it took over my life and i'd be on my blackberry then my iphone at night on the weekends doing everything i'm still pretty bad for it because that's what janet will tell you uh not as bad as my daughter but uh i um i've Done a thing where I have Do Not Disturb on my phone at 7 p.m. Mm. and I've made that's it. Under settings, isn't it? Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, I just and I found it kind of liberating because I'm a light, really light sleeper and I have problems sleeping. And I would even hear the phone vibrate on the island out in the kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah, social media. I mean, that's what drives those things more than anything. I think you're. I like that I can read the news on my phone. I like you know that kind of thing, or or as I do now, headline skim and then read the story that interests me, but you know, or pick out the spelling mistakes. That's always fun. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. Uh, it's our. It's the way we are right now. So we've got some sort of screen in front of us. It seems all day long.
0: Well, do not disturb is something I might have to look at because it it is important, I think, to protect time, especially with family and especially with, you know, if and and I do think, and, and I'm sorry if anyone has an Apple Watch, but, you know, where do we stop?
1: Yeah, that's the only reason I don't have one. What do I want to do, be sitting having lunch with you and keep looking at my wrist? You know I'm not checking the time. Like, it's serious. You know, the the only thing I use my phone for at night is Google. We'll be watching something. Go. Wasn't that guy in that show? And then so we'll Google the show. Hit cast. Well, that's him. And then hit him. Oh no, he wasn't. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but we're we're losing a little bit of uh, of that moment when you know you're the only person in the room, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and but again, if I'm wrestling with an audience on your phone. It's really tough to hold somebody's attention and, and, and to get into some really meaningful conversation. So anyway, that, that's my rant for today. But I have another one later. But, but
1: I, you know, it, it's not only social media news and Google. It's games. Yeah. Like playing games. You know, the tablets have revolutionized playing games, doing jigsaw puzzles, doing crossroads. You can do it all. On a tablet, it's kind of insane. Oh, I
0: hate Wordle. It makes me feel dumber.
1: Tried it once. I said, "Yeah, no, this would be an addiction."
0: Okay, so you're walking down the streets, they're downtown streets, and and all of a sudden, you are bestowed with an unlimited budget. Anything you want, anything you could ever want. What would you wave your wand and create for downtown if you had unlimited power, unlimited money
1: to do whatever you wanted to? Wow. That's a loaded question. I get, I, you know, to, uh, appease the complainers, I'd build another parkade. Right. Um, you know, uh, I would like, you know, there's certain parts of downtown that still has some really old buildings. I would invest with the owners to make help the facades and that look better. Um, do that kind of thing. Uh, for one weekend I'd do or one week I'd do free parking all the time at which time we would see the same cars parked in the same spots all the time but I yeah I think you know and the waterfront what, what else could we do on the waterfront and I would build something yeah now you made me think of that uh in that water area that's in front of what's now uh King King's Ta- King Taps. Oh, King Taps. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the boat launches there, and then you go around that um, concrete wall, and then you hit where there's a parasail, and that's where the the um, seaplanes take off from. And in that area there, I would dredge it out, and I would put all kinds of public docks. Oh, okay. So that, yeah. having been a boater on the lake for 15 years before we sold her. Um, there's no place to go. There's no... There are... I mean, you can go to the downtown Kelowna Marina and you can park there, but that's not enough. There's, what, two or three spots at the El Dorado, one over at Manteo, uh, the Cove in West Kelowna, and then you're shot all the way down to Penticton before you get to anywhere where you have some public access, and there it's not much, or in Vernon. So I think that that would be a great addition for all sizes of boats in that area and you know maybe it's five dollars and that's it to help you know the maintenance of it you would have it staffed with people to uh help people tie their boats up when they're coming in that expedites people moving in and out quicker so yeah that would be unlimited budget that's the first thing i do after uh, the park aid
0: because we're not really a water centric place like we don't seem to have and I'm not suggesting moats or anything but I'm just suggesting <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm thinking of more just you know if, if I'm living on the West Kelowna side mm-hmm. and and I have a friend that does and he's on the lake and he can hop in his boat and be across downtown mm-hmm. you know there, there's there's not that doesn't happen often enough that we're we're using the boats as a you know, as, as transportation, is it a luxury? It totally is. I'm not saying it isn't. But it, it's so much fun to kind of tour around and, and, and be in the boat and experience. We have this massive lake. And to be able to, to pop in and out of downtown and be able to do that, I, I do think you're onto something there.
1: I think, it would be, I, I think it would be a fabulous addition. It would also be a good idea, and I said this to uh, the people working on the Tolco site, that having public access from the water... To whatever it is they build there, would be a great a great addition to the lake and to the city, and for downtown because that brings people. Uh, you know, I watch on the the people the park uh, come with their boats and stay at the uh, downtown Kelowna Marina, and they're there for you know two or three hours. They're going and visit, getting an ice cream cone or a piece of pizza, or going into a restaurant, or walking in and out of the shops while they're moving around. So it would. Do nothing but benefit downtown Kelowna.
0: Okay, so we're, we're, we're just imagining downtown because that's where all things start is you start in a conversation, then it moves into something. Or on a napkin, maybe. This is napkin talk uh, with Mark Burley. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to, to suggest is if we could have uh, a district like in Oliver somewhere downtown would be phenomenal. Or off the rail trail or something like that, where you have a number of different sampling from different wineries in a, in a you know, in a, and these are just small showcases of what the, the winery can do. If you want a longer, more extensive tour, of course, that's at the winery. But to be able to attract people to the space to promote BC wines and say, listen, we have a lot to offer. The district, I think, does that very well. We we just saunter from one winery to the next to the next. And after a while, you've you've seen or experienced a number of them and you haven't driven in your car, boom, 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 all the way around to the different wineries. So is, is that even a thought or a process that could be something we can imagine, I guess, in the next five years?
1: I think that would be something great to advocate for with the wineries themselves. Um, I think that that would be... Even if it wasn't there all week, if it was there in the summertime or in the off seasons, even in around the Laurel Packing House in the north end there uh, to help, you know, move the traffic along that Ellis Corridor, I think that will be a good spot for something like that. But yeah, you know, wine is such a big deal here, you think. And it's... Uh, yeah, it would be a great idea, but that would be something to advocate for. The only issue is to me, if you're going to build something new and it's purpose-built, the land is super expensive and the building is even more so right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think
0: it would have to be something that would obviously be a partnership between a number of different aspects because you have tourism, for one. Mm-hmm. The winery, You know, any, any one of the wineries would, of course, be jumping up and down that this is something we need to do. And then and then hotels and restaurants, because that all just adds to you know that, that attraction yeah. to downtown.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's a great idea.
0: It happened here on Wreck and Friends show.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh so I don't know where you were, but when the Rogers network went down, mm-hmm. that are you on Rogers? No. Man oh man. Company's a bit too big.
1: <laughs> well it, they it, all are. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With the highest data rates, by the way. Um, but one of the things was Interact was also down. That must have yeah. created a massive issue for downtown.
1: Yeah, I saw that, that Interact was down and Janet was going out shopping. And I said, if you go out, you might find that Interact's down and went through the story. And she did go out and sure enough, it was down. And just went to the bank, got some cash, just like the old days, and uh, got her grocery shopping done. But, yeah, it was that was in the morning before I left the house. So, fortunately, I saw it before I left. And I was going to put gas in the car that day because I don't put gas on a credit card. I pay cash for it. Do and you? Why is that? I what don't you, know. What are you, nuts? No, I just don't. Don't you want your
0: Miles bigger smiles? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I eat out enough and use my credit card to keep okay, up. There. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, the uh, so uh, I just I waited I Actually, did gas this morning. Did you?
0: Okay. No, it it, it literally. I, I had no idea how much our our society relied on these stupid things in our oh, hands until that happened. And and what scares me a little bit more, they don't really know what happened.
1: No, they say it was an update, and the, and the going media coverage is, well, you know, it's like when you put an update on your iPhone sometimes, you know, there's little quirks and glitches and everything, or, you know, you update your Windows, or you update your Mac operating system, whatever. Um, it just goes to show that it's not a perfect science yet, and the cash is still king. Like, if you don't have a couple of hundred dollars stashed away somewhere, you could find yourself in pretty big trouble if this had lasted a week.
0: And this is your public service announcement from Rick and Friends <laughs> saying, go to the bank now and get more cash.
1: Yeah, as I look over think, oh, "Geez, I don't have any cash with me.
0: <laughs> do as I say, not yeah, as I do. exactly. A yeah. bunch of stuff going on at the old uh, downtown there. So there's this weekend coming up and then the weekend after. Yeah. So you guys just keep ramming the old events in there.
1: Well, the thing is, this weekend, really, uh, we we invest a little bit of sponsorship money in uh, KinFest, which is basically Kelowna Comic Con. Uh, this weekend, they have a scavenger hunt on Saturday. It starts with Friday. They'll have a few tents set up in uh, the neighborhood plaza and the community square, 400 and 500 blocks, with uh, selling t shirts and comic books and stuff like that. And then on Sunday, uh, a bunch of people who participate dressed as their favorite comic book or Star Wars character or Star Trek or whatever are going to be circulating through downtown. So that'll look pretty interesting. Plus, Saturday is also the day of uh, the world's biggest yoga class, which is on Bernard. And that's just this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So in, in between there, we have, in those same two blocks, we have a pop-up merchant series. So the city has been recruiting pop-up vendors within there. So, for example, on Friday, Uptown Rutland Business Association had a tent set up with a canvas and you could stop by and paint it. It was their way of helping promote their murals that they have in Rutland. And they also... uh, Karen, who is the executive director there, was telling me she's probably going to uh, raffle it off for charity. So it's a, a great thing that's happening. We have artisan markets that are put together by the same organizer of the Kelowna Farmers Market, uh, and they come on Thursdays. We have talent uh, playing either at Kerry Park, which is great to have entertainment back there, or in the 400 block at various different dates and there's no rhyme or reasons how those happen or when they happen so best to check the website to see when it's on but next weekend uh july 23rd is going to be exciting and super stressful
0: hold on we that's our teaser because we're going to go back to that but i want to i want to dive in with comic books really yeah awesome so Full disclosure, I may or may not have been the biggest comic book fan growing oh, really? up. Oh, man. Uh, so I was into uh, Sergeant Rock because uh, I always seemed to like the army mm-hmm. army stories. Yeah. And and then, of course, they went to the next level, which was they made these graphic novels. And that's how I used to tell my, my old girlfriends was like, these are graphic novels. Like if you actually read the narrative, they're actually quite well written. Sure, Rick. Sure, but 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 the thing is, is is there is so much art and and engagement and and like uh, truly, I hope kids do get the joy of finding comic books again because from my standpoint, it started me off as a writer. It started me off as, as somebody. You know, it, it really pushes your imagination into new boundaries. And so, reading does that too. Though. It really does, yeah. though, and. And I think uh, comic books have somewhat been a, a lost art form, so I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to this weekend. Actually,
1: yeah, I, I know my uh, my grandsons have always read books that are written for their age group, but they're like comics when you open them up. Which is, uh, I've always enjoyed reading them with them because I love reading, so it was always a lot of fun to do to try and promote that so that that lives on in the family because my son is quite a reader and so is my daughter. So that probably from me sitting in the corner, not paying any attention to them <laughs> because I was in that zone. When you're in something you're reading that really, you really like immersive you, your your brain is picturing it mm-hmm. and you're reading it. And sometimes in like, I like reading black ops type stuff you get into it, you have to go back because you go, well, who's that guy? And you go yes. back to paragraphs, oh, he's that new guy, you know, because you're so involved and immersed in it. And comic books are that way for kids. Well, even teenagers, you know, and then when I became a teenager, for me, it was Mad Magazine, which is just a great, big comic book Alfred magazine. Alfred E. Newman? Yeah, Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, something like that. yeah
0: and Which taught me satire, actually.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. It's like the Onion website now. It's all satire.
0: Okay, so we, we covered off that weekend. Now let's cover off the upcoming upcoming weekend, which is the Kelowna block party. Yep. So the block party came as a result of just a bunch of people going, okay, we gotta, we're going to build an event around this weekend. I know West Corp jumped in and said, we're going to handle part of this for the entertainment. Yep. But it seems like you got a few hands in the basket helping promote this event.
1: Well, the thing about Block Party, the original Block Party, which we all remember, Bernard Avenue being closed down for one Saturday, um, was around for 30 years. The last one of those was in 2019. And then I had to cancel 2020 and 2021 because we couldn't hold events. So when we sat down to plan this year, now this is the planning for Downtown Cologne Association. Um I said to the team, I said, I'd like to see block party done within Meet Me on Bernard. So we sat down and we tried to figure it out, um, and we thought, okay, we're gonna do it. So we budgeted for it, and away we go. So then, uh, a bunch of problems came with it because it's a different footprint with parklets already there with all the things that are happening with meet me on Bernard with the patios being extended. We can't put as many tents for uh, the businesses to be in. So we're asking all the businesses are up to this point. We've been asked please be patient while well, we, you know, we're, until we cl- actually close the street, we couldn't start measuring what was going to be where and all this. So it's going to look different, but I think it's going to be way more exciting because The businesses on Bernard now can set up from their frontage out to the same distance as a patio. You know, the patios that are there all year, that distance. If you're looking at the sidewalk, you'll see smaller squares etched in the concrete. And then the bigger ones, the bigger ones are the sidewalk. The smaller square ones are the frontage for those businesses. So now they can set up out there. They can put their, however it is they wanna set up, And there's no charge, which there was for that in years past. Okay. Okay. So now the businesses that are going to be on Bernard are paying for that spot. Now there are some businesses on Bernard who want to be out there, but there's some, we can't accommodate every business to be in front of their own business. Like have been able to in the past because of parklets, because of setups for meet me on Bernard. So this will look a lot different. We thought we were only going to do two blocks. We're using all four now. Because you can. Well, and there's been that amount of interest. Right. So I can't wait. We've got entertainment going all day. We've got different artisan-type vendors who are going to be there. And it's going to be pretty exciting. I can't wait to be there at 6 o'clock Saturday morning on July 23rd to start directing traffic. But I'm really excited to be there and to have it set up. And I'm excited that we're putting a bunch of hot rods on Bernard in August as well. Really? Yeah, we're doing a show and shine on Bernard on August 20th. Wow, you heard it here first. Maybe not first, but yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> okay, you're an advocate for a whole bunch of places to eat, but you talked about one. You were raving about it. Let's talk about it. Let's El Tequero.
1: Well, it's an onerous position I have because I have to try every restaurant in downtown Kelowna. You know what? That, that It's so much
0: weight on your shoulders. I
1: know. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Um, I am inherently a fan of Mexican food anyway so I was excited when Cantina opened up on Bernard delicious I have tried that and Tam out on the highway was different Mm -hmm. and but El Taquero has always been there and I've been in it a couple of times but just I was there during business walks with uh, Loyal Wooldridge and we talked to the owners there fascinating people Um, they bring kids from Mexico in on work visas to actually work for them and learn their industry. And they pay the freight for that, which is awesome. And so uh, after Snowbirds, decided to go into El Taquero and have lunch. And we went in and we weren't disappointed. It was really good. And I'm a big uh, berry fan. Anything berry I eat, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries. And I had a blackberry margarita, which was very good. It was so good I had a second. <laughs> Uh, so it it's a place that uh, just next to Curious, I well, think. It's just up the street from Curious. You, El El Ticaro's on Ellis. It's right across from the the Parkade. Okay, Memorial so, Parkade. So what's interesting
0: is I think we're starting to, well, not starting to. We've had a reputation for the culinary side because mm-hmm. of the uh, Canadian Culinary Championships, and a lot of great chefs have actually come from Kelowna. Are we? Is that still you think? Are we still getting on the map for the culinary map for the world? Do you think?
1: Oh, I think so. Last year, uh, Sonny's was featured on the Food Network as one of those places you got to eat for their breakfasts, and that's Rod from Rods, and he, right. he, you know, him and Audrey have got that. They've got Micro, they've got Okanagan Table, and Rods. I mean. Th- there's obviously success in really good food by really good chefs. Uh, so, and, you know, Curious Cafe is another place I just find really fascinating. Their f- flavors are great and, you know, and I was there just a few weeks back. So there's so many good restaurants in downtown Cologne. What might be your favorite May not be mine. What's mine is probably not yours. You know what I mean? That's what's great about having as many restaurants as we have uh, because there's something for everybody. I'm really excited, actually, to see what Bernie's uh, is like, the old Doc Willoughby's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bernie's Dinner Club. So. And that that went through transition.
0: Well, I, I guess the ownership change happened a while ago.
1: Yeah, over a year ago, And yeah.
0: And now they're just finally... Going to be close to opening, I guess.
1: Yeah, I was in there today. Uh, okay. They hope to be open Monday night, and uh, but really be hitting the ground. They were setting up their patio on Monday too, which was great.
0: So, Mark, we're, we're down to the last straws here. We have um, a lot of different things going on downtown. <laughs> I, I'm sure uh, no business has ever complained about um, the fact that there's a Bernard Street closure. But let's say there was. Yeah. We're not going to name names, but is is that frustrating for you? Like for the good of the of downtown, I think Meet Me on Bernard has been overwhelming success. But you still have those people that, you know, complain because that's their right. They can still do that. Um, but does that ever get to be tough? Like after a while where you, you continue to push this, what I think is positive all around, is there still a little bit of pushback that you get?
1: Oh, yeah. There always will be any, anything new, anything that's changed. There's always pushback. Um, I, I, like you say, I really think it's a great thing. I mean, it's easy to say, why are we doing it in Kelowna? Uh, We're not doing it because other cities are doing it. We're doing it because it's good for the city. And yeah, it maybe takes away 110 parking spots. Um, there's no traffic out in front of the store. But I worked my whole time here in Kelowna on Bernard Avenue. And for the most part, it's the same cars parked in almost the same spots every day. And, and that's that's on Lawrence and Pendozi and the side streets as well, you know. So, I mean, that's not meant to be flippant, And I know it sounds it, but it's not. But I think it's better to try and work with something Than constantly complain about it. It's easy to be negative. It's hard to find a way to work with stuff. And that's what we're doing as a committee over the last two years. We're sitting in boardrooms or meeting rooms and everything for two and a half, three hours once every month, if not more frequently getting closer to it or a ton of emails flying around um, to make this the best thing for downtown Kelowna. So this year, as we've talked about, there's so much more going on. There's also stuff that goes on later in the day that maybe if your business is only open till 5 o'clock, you don't see the crowds because they're there later in the day. So there's adjustments that I think have to be done. There's great big proponents of it downtown, but there are those who just don't want it. We've never had a complaint about it being closed from sales to Pandozi. That's where, you know, most of the restaurants are. Right. But we're getting more restaurants now in these other blocks. So because Bernard was redone between, what was it, 2010, 2012 and around there uh, for this very reason that the city wants it to be the main drag of downtown. So that's where the stuff's going to happen. I think it's also has the potential to help everybody around it because, People aren't parking on Bernard, they're parking on Lawrence or they're parking on St. Paul or Pandozi, or Water, Leon, wherever it is, and walking by all those businesses that aren't on Bernard. Bernard's a more expensive street to lease on than a Lawrence or a Leon. You know, So that's the reason. So now, all of a sudden, you've got these cars pulling in and out of these parking spots in front of your business that they may never have known was there in the first place. So I think there's way more positives that'll come out of this than negatives, but it is a thing that's come out of the pandemic, is repurposing public spaces so that they're healthier and more friendly to foot traffic. What's
0: interesting to me is it's a relatively new model. Like, I'm not saying shutting down a Main Street, but I'm just saying for Kelowna, we're not this isn't like going been going on for twenty years or so. This is a relatively new exercise, so there with that comes some growing pains sure. and and that kind of thing. So I think people still are thinking, well, it seems like it's been around for it really hasn't so it it takes a lot to get it to launch and 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 to work with it as it stands because every year has a host of challenges covid, smoke, like there's always well, moving parts. yeah, right?
1: you have to you have to think that so far this year. We're doing this in optimal conditions. Mm-hmm. So the first year it was 2020. It was put together, you know, shoestrings and duct tape. You know, like, let's get, the, let's get the patios extended. Let's close the road and hopefully everybody will come down and stay six feet apart. Yeah. Uh, people still walk on the sidewalks. Yeah. You know, but the bikes, there's more bikes now. There's more scooters. There's more, you know, skateboards. There's more people using that six meter wide thing. So that was the first year. We weren't allowed to animate anything because of COVID uh, public health orders. It was just impossible to do anything. And we also started out with really crummy weather in 2020, right through till about the middle of July. Then it got sunny, and then there was some COVID outbreak somewhere, and away we went again. So then we get into last year, and if you recall, July 1st, all the restrictions were lifted in British Columbia. So we were the first province in the country to do that. Big deal. Lots of media coverage. When the big COVID break hit on July 27th and we were essentially closed down again, restaurants had to close at 10, all those kinds of things happened. We were also the first one to go back. So there's a lot of coverage on that. Like you said, we had a heat dome for almost two and a half weeks. We had um, uh, the smoke. Uh, going on we had changing public health orders and we also had the tragedy of the 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 the, the crane yeah which was a year ago july 12th so
0: (laughs) as we continue forward here we go
1: well this year we don't have any of that so now we're getting to do all those things that we wanted to do when we started that we couldn't we branded it last year as meet me on bernard so this year now we're putting all this effort uh lots of effort into it to make it attractive for people to come down and spend more time in downtown Kelowna than they otherwise would
0: Rick Madison Rick and friends uh if you were listening to this thank you for listening I want to thank my guest Mark Burley from downtown as always we had a good time huh yeah uh, and we th- didn't
1: even talk about vinyl we <laughs> didn't <laughs>
0: chance well as Next i've said time. as i've said he's on tight rotation so thanks again to mark birdley for spending the time with us my pleasure